PFLAG of Northwest Arkansas is a volunteer-run, nonprofit, community-driven organization focused on supporting and engaging LGBTQIA people, their families, friends, and allies. PFLAG of NWA provides opportunities for dialogue about sexual orientation and gender identity and acts to create a society that is healthy and affirming of human diversity. We offer the following monthly events, a general peer support group, a trans peer support group, community craft night, and a youth meetup along with special events throughout the year. For more information, please visit pleaflagnwa.com and find us at pflagnwa on social media. everyone we're back with the district 3 podcast this is actually episode 117 uh the last episode of the year uh today i'm joined by a good friend of the springdale community uh tom mcfedridge thank you for joining me tom absolutely glad to be here thank you for having me and when did i meet you tom i forgot i believe we met summer of 2020 uh working on campaign stuff and you know just helping people get you know enough exposure i guess during the election definitely definitely but i think one of the one of the cool things about you tom is that you have a long history here in springdale we've been kind of talking off and on about you know what you've seen uh what you've seen others go through and i think it's important to have conversations like this so people can kind of know you know how the playing field has changed but at the same time how it's remained the same one thing I forgot to mention is that Tom is actually the uh, president slash CEO of Ozark Film and Video located here in downtown Springdale. And uh, that business has been open since 1984. Um, so it's been quite a, how, how long has it been? 16, uh, do, 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 trying to do the math real quick. Is it 31 years? No, we're, uh, we, yeah, no, 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 no we're, no, no, we're, no, no, we're no. 30, 30, 37 years. Coming on, yeah, coming on 38 years at this point. Wow. So, yeah. <clears throat> Who was the business uh, started by? Was it? Family members? Yes. So this was a family business. Um, It was started in 1984 in the third bedroom of my parents' house. And uh, it, you know, it was such a small industry and became such a needed service that it grew very quickly. And so by the mid, actually by the early 90s, we had a gigantic building that I believe is now owned by the school system. Um, Okay. we moved out of there in 2017. I bought the company a couple of years after that. And uh, yeah, the pandemic just took us right back down to mm. 1984 levels. So um, I'm kind of rebuilding it from scratch, which has been fun. So do you, do you still do the same type of work that your family did early on? Is it the same type or, or how have you seen that work change? My goodness. Yeah, it's changed a lot. We did, um, you know, when we first opened up, we were the first firm between Kansas City and Dallas that did this kind of work. So everybody from Walmart, Tyson, J.B. Hunt, um, every major industry between Kansas City and Dallas would use us for almost everything. And so um, as Northwest Arkansas has grown, uh, the industry has grown. You know, we saw in the early 2000s with DB cams basically being able to hook the camera directly into a computer mm. and capture what was still recorded onto tape back Oof. then to a computer. You know, they called it digitizing. Um, I think we still use that term to some degree, yeah. but uh, it doesn't quite mean what it used to. Anyway, um, now that, you know, you can basically plug a chip into the camera and then into 
you know, or a card rather, mm-hmm. into the computer and do all the editing. We saw our travel reach, you know, shrink considerably and uh, went into the oil and gas business just because that was over in Oklahoma, <laughs> dragged us down to Houston. We worked there for almost 20 years. Um, I ran most of those accounts for some of the largest oil companies on the planet. Um, I don't really want to say who necessarily, yeah. but um, a lot of work. And the pandemic took us out of that. I'm actually very grateful for that, uh, to be here in Northwest Arkansas and just serving mostly this community and really digging in. You know. Did you ever have another job besides this? Yeah, I... Uh, goodness i worked at aq outback for about a year i worked at sonic um i, I worked... still have never been to aq before are you talking about the one here yeah, right down the street the one that's on uh what is it 71 business right yeah so i i used to live right next to there and i lived there for many many years and i've never gone in okay is it pretty good i mean it's a it's a springdale tradition okay. you know we have so much good food here um we certainly eat a little bit of that every now and then you know it's 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 maybe i still need to go check it out because yeah. it's kind of just been there and i don't even know you know and sometimes it's, it's up to us to kind of go and, and like check out food see if we like it or not because sometimes people's opinions are different from from each other's um so one, i definitely one dish you cannot lose with there is the catfish over the coals i like catfish though oh, okay well, not fried, a big fr- fried chicken over the but coals. there's barbecue right isn't there barbecue yeah, there? there's there is and it's okay. not it's not bad it's so not bad. You've been here, obviously, for a while in Springdale, um, and you've seen a lot of changes. I'm guessing since, you know, you were kind of raised in the video uh, business, you probably had, like, your family probably always had, like, the equipment to take family pictures and, and uh, show up to true. graduations and film and stuff like that. And that's kind of that's kind of cool, you know, to be able to have those resources. Because I know, like, you know, those, those school pictures sometimes are come out pretty expensive, especially when, when you're raised in, like, like me and yeah. like high poverty so just having access to to being able to film uh i remember when i first got my first camera i would film music videos with my cousins yeah and it would just be one shot like it'd be one full shot like they'd pretend to be artists we played some music in the background and they would lip sync and i would like use that filter that would change them to like black and white a little yeah. bit and that was like a big deal for me so i imagine uh you know being raised in a family that that had access to this equipment must be super cool it was it was interesting, but what was really interesting, I guess what's very different is is how accessible the equipment has become. Um, even having access to a company that owned that sort of equipment, you still had to have a you know a pile of junk bigger than this room can hold mm-hmm. just to do anything. And so, I think what's really funny is. When you do it for a living, you tend to take it for granted, first of all, and I, I have to recognize and acknowledge that, is that sometimes you're exhausted by the end of the day and stuff, so I don't know if we utilized it quite as much as we, we would have, but I think, basically, I don't know if anybody had a VHS machine at five years old in, what was that, 19, God, I'm dating myself, 1987, mm. or whatever, maybe a little bit before that, yeah. um, and you know, it was this gigantic thing. I don't even think it was actually VHS. It was like, I don't know, three-quarter inch professional Oof. video recorder. And so we just recorded stuff on the television and yeah, played yeah. it back. And that was otherworldly to us. Did you, you know, back when you then. did that, because I know I used to, I 
I used to do that. I'm not sure if it was legal or not, to be honest, to be able to do that. But like, oh, for your own use, yeah, you can do that in your house as long as you don't sell it, right? Yeah, if you well, you can't even really hand it around. Like you couldn't copy it and just give it to people for free either. Okay, because I remember like my uncle uh, recorded the World Cup in 1998, right? In a VHS tape, and I think. Would they put cotton in the VHS tape, or they put something in the VHS tape to be able to record? Or am I confusing it with cassettes? Well, no. I mean, it's the same technology, so it was all it was all magnets. Okay, because the, the VHS comes with the record button, right? Right. So, like, I mean, it's expected that you might be able you might be, record something on TV. Absolutely. Okay, so you did that too. So it was something that was like normal. Oh, I don't yeah. know if it was just like something that I was illegally doing when I was the no, <laughs> when I was like six or seven years old, you know. No, especially for your own use. I mean, you think about the modern DVRs, and I say modern, you know, DVR technology that back when we all had cable um, that yeah. everybody used, and you know, we were doing the same thing, and it was widely encouraged. It was just you know, recording. That's so crazy. Is a risk. That's so crazy how. All these equipment has evolved so much in the past 20 years. You know, I, I, I remember the camera that I had whenever I went to Mexico, I think like 2004, 2005. Right. It was just a regular uh, camera, and I think it recorded in a little small cassette. Right. And I had to take it to Walgreens so that they can convert it to a DVD. Oh, goodness. Yeah, and nowadays it's like you can literally just take your phone. Oh, your phone is better than anything we ever had. I mean, I... The phone is literally better than anything that was accessible to me before the phones. I mean, that's what's, yeah. that's what's so incredible. Like, phones were, well, sorry, phones were 4K in, in resolution before pro- my professional cameras were. I mean, yeah. that's how quickly this stuff has, you know. Thank goodness you still have to have a brain and know how to actually operate the stuff Edit. professionally to to get yeah <laughs> job security man yeah that's that's thank goodness <laughs> because if all it was was resolution and things like that you know well even even things like iMovie you know mm-hmm. they're iMovie the editing software the like basic editing software available oh, to everyone with a with a Mac computer oh yeah so easy yeah and it's you know, fantastic i mean it does a great job Some and it's of one the, of those things that you don't have, you don't have to really go to school to kind of oh, as all. long as you practice yep um because i remember i started using it whenever i was a senior or junior in high school mm-hmm. and um and we also use final cut express yeah but final cut express is a little bit more complicated oh, and is. i think it's it's well, I think so. I'm not sure for you. You've been in this for years so, now. So. Well, we so we use Avid, which is an older... It's the platform that most movies and, and films were made on. The main reason that we've stuck with it is because it allows me to put one server in the middle of the building, and every person that works there can access the footage and work. We can literally work on the same project, oh. two or three of us at the same time. Well, that's cool. Oh, my goodness. I, I did not so. know that was a thing. Oh, it's... Yeah, it's... I mean, it, for us, I think it's a differentiator... Um, it was a lot more valuable when we worked for oil companies and had just, I mean, we had to do 10 videos a month for one company, five videos a month for another company, and then any other business that came around Northwest Arkansas. Oh. And so we still get in the jams where, um, you know, some of the, the two or three of us are working on one project at a time, but for the most part, you know, it's just really nice to be able to pass those projects back and forth from office to office without having to hand drives around or worry yeah. about where things are. And so... Because that was in school for me, like, whenever we would... Because I was also in film and video in school, and you do your part and then pass it over to the next no, exactly. the next person. There wasn't really a way that we knew of that we could all work on, on it together. 
Um, you still kind of have to do it in steps, but what's really nice is that everything is centralized. So, you know, there's never a question of like, oh my goodness, that After Effects project's over here on this drive on such and such's computer or whatever. It's, we, we have a filing system that's all based on job numbers and, and, you know, we keep everything really organized so that if I come back to something that I never touched, you know, that, that two different people worked on and I yeah. never saw it in my life, um, I can open it up and, you know, within a few minutes know exactly what I need to do. And that's one of the, the softwares that I always kind of wanted to uh, get better at, but I never did After Effects. After Effects? Oh, yeah. that's that's a good one. I thought you were going to say Avid. I was going to say Don't Bother. Um, I had not heard of it until you said until really? you just told me. I had Interesting. We were, we were uh, educated in our film. Shout out Miss Moore from Springdale High School. All right. We were educated on uh, on film and video on iMovie yes. uh, and, and Final Cut Express. Okay. And... And I think I ended up getting better at iMovie because, like, I didn't want to pay for the Final Cut Express, which is kind of expensive. Yeah. You know, unless you're working constantly in film and video, you're going to make that money back, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole thing with the tools is, you know, these are just hammers. You know, we're all building houses. And so you, you need to make sure that whatever you're using just serves that storytelling purpose. Like, yeah. you know, we use the, the Avid Media Composer and Symphony and all of that stuff because that's that's what we needed for that shared access mm. and also to organize just thousands and thousands of hours of footage. Um, anymore, the whole world's kind of gone to DaVinci and Premiere. Mm, um, I've heard of DaVinci. And, you know, if you have any of Adobe's products, you have Premiere and After Effects. And so you can make world-class films if you need more than just Photoshop. You already have all that stuff. And so why go outside of that you know is it the um, adobe cloud is that the one that, yeah, that if you pay a certain mm -hmm. amount of right. money you can get like photoshop and all these different yeah. softwares and so for a lot of people that already have those tools you know um you know even even student level or whatever you know i always tell people go with what you have um and then davinci is free as long as you're not trying to pass it around a shared access network okay. which is really funny i did not know that yeah interesting and okay both are incredible i mean i i really just think the gear is the gear really the the technique and what you're trying to accomplish the story you're trying to tell you know what is this video doing what is this production be it a podcast or a you know you ask yourself what am i tr what what boxes am i trying to check off yeah. and does this do that and so to me what kind of camera and lenses and all of that are so secondary to you know actually making sure that the product does its job and in this case the product is that video or communication okay okay and the reason why i brought up like you having access to to this you know from such a young age is because yeah. the other day when we were doing like the the headshots yeah uh uh, you were taking my headshots, and then you just took one of yourself. <laughs> you were like, "Oh, that's good." Now, I got that's now. Right. I got a headshot for me, and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's pretty cool." You know, to be able to be nice. able to do that, and not rely on other people to do it. That's a nice privilege, right there. Right, and I told you because I don't think I, I I told you that day. I was like, "You can like you can make your own like Instagram pictures mm -hmm. right here. Good quality. You know how to upload them with with like really high. What is it like? Is it high resolution to make it? Because I know." It's complicated because I've seen some photographers like their pictures look really great before they get uploaded on Instagram and then the quality goes down for some reason. You have to be really, really careful with how you get things moved around. Um, this really, I think anybody can use this advice. Try never to email um, or text yourself anything. Always use some kind of cloud medium, you know, be it. 
Dropbox? Uh, Dropbox, I mean, a lot of times if, if there's a, a bump feature, you know, like um, I hate to, I don't like to push things too much, but if you're on Mac, you know, if you, if you take the picture with your professional camera and you've gotten it on your desktop or whatever, you can airdrop it to your phone. Okay. And it's in that super high resolution, Ooh. you know, and then you just, as long as it's still a JPEG or a PNG, you can then throw it up on uh, Instagram and it looks really sharp. Okay. And so what I did with, with that headshot I threw up there was I basically exported it full, full size JPEG. And so it did turn it into a JPEG from that raw image, but mm. it still was gigantic, you know, however big, 40 40 some odd megapixels and so i think it's so crazy you know just in general how you're able to create these pictures i you told me to stand next to a gray wall and then you mm -hmm. took the picture and it looked great you know it looked like a great background and i i didn't see that wall and, and say to myself oh this is the background but mm -hmm. i guess with lighting and everything you already know how to how to make it look before you even take the picture lighting is painting i mean that was um when i was gosh when was i 20 Maybe not quite 20 years old. I worked very briefly at those jobs, by the way. I mm. spoke up earlier. but Egg um, chicken? Well, no. That, so I had a couple food jobs and then a, a barbecue sauce factory for a while. Um, and then drove pizza for a while and then cleaned hotel rooms. Cleaning hotel rooms is fun. Um, it's super difficult. It, yeah, it's... It's, it's a... It's one of those jobs you really don't think how like how difficult it really is, and you don't have to deal with all these people who are dirty. Well, leave a, leave a mess. It's potentially dangerous. I mean, because you're walking in people's room, you don't know right. who they are. Yeah, I'm not a big fella, you know. I so. feel you. I feel you on that. <laughs> uh, within those job changes that you're talking about, I, th I find it interesting that you kind of stuck with barbecue for a little bit there. You went from AQ, and then and then you you said I mean was it barbecue? So did you say barbecue sauce factory? Yeah. Yeah, it was this place that made, uh, they actually made uh, medium, I'd call it medium batch, probably, I think it was 250 or 500 gallons at a time, and so they would make, hilariously enough, the sauce for AQ, they made oh, the really? sauce, okay. yeah, for all the restaurants around here that had their own recipe, they would give the, you know, here's how I make a gallon of mine to this place, and they would mm. figure out how to scale it up to, you know. 500, 1,000, oh. however many gallons they wanted. And then, That's cool. you know, they'd bring it over in barrels. And so, oh, man. So yeah. you were there for how long? Probably not quite a year. Man, I tried the food business. I mm -hmm. tried, like, when I was 17. I was still in school, high school. And I worked at Rock and Chicken. Do you, do you remember that? where that was at? It was, like, cl close to Hastings in Springdale on yes. Sunset. Yes, Now it's the, it's like a hamburger. It's like, is it Angus or something like that? Yeah. Some burger place. Angus Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I worked there uh, when I was 17. I was in high school, and I didn't have a car, so I would literally have to walk from Sprino High School all the way to Sunset to get to the job, and then I'd walk all the way back to, uh, I think it was Casey Avenue, by Robinson, all the way to the other side of Sprino every day. Dude. And I got fired because I didn't have a car. They hired two of us at the same time, and they were like, Irvin, we're going to have to let you go because... Uh, Paul over here has a car and he can come to work anytime that we call him up to and you and since you don't have transportation we're gonna have to let you go dude I got fired and I was like man I didn't even get fired for my performance I thought right. I was pretty good at washing those dishes and washing that like that hot sauce off those plates and especially when when you wash like the the plates with hot sauce the hot sauce like goes up like it goes in your eyes and it right. burns and I was busting my butt man I got fired because I didn't have a car 
but it's 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 one of those things that sometimes these kind of experiences make you into a stronger uh, human being, just yeah. in general. You know, all those times where like people made you feel like you're not good enough, like um, you tend to to overcome them eventually, and that's that's how I felt about that. But my problems aside, Tom, uh, were you born here in Springdale? I, I was born in Fort Smith. I moved here when I was two years old. So, Fort yeah, Smith. basically, you know, I, I've been here literally every moment that I can remember of my existence. So, yeah. And um, looking back from those early moments yep. to where Springdale is now, uh, what are some things that you're glad have changed in the city of Springdale? All right. So... I have to start by saying, as I'm trying to decide how delicate I should be <laughs> or how, how hard I should just go into this, as, as bigoted as the good people in our town may seem today, um, mm. in you know, the early 80s, when I was playing around on the schoolyard, we were from Minneapolis. Um, and so to be dropped into a schoolyard full of, you know, Springdale kids, circa 19, you know, all born in the early, you know, late 70s, um, I learned a lot of new terms very quickly. Mm. Um, kids would pick you apart literally for your European flavor, whichever mm. you were. And so let's start with, you know, where are you from? And, you you know, I mean, I understand. I heard um, the Italians were pretty discriminated here. Is that I so? I would have to believe so. I mean, there was a whole town that was like, you stay over there, I would mm. suppose. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know the history of Tawny Town, but, yeah. you know, I mean, it... it Is that kind of how it was? Because like, I know that nowadays there's a lot of, like, uh, Italian folks, you know, descendants uh, mm -hmm. on the Tawny Town side of Well, that's where... You know, that's where, like, you had the the Penaltos and the Piazzas and uh, mm. so many different families. I, I, I don't remember all of the, the, mm. the different names, but it was probably a half dozen families, and they all seemed to inhabit Tawny Town, and I would have to believe that that, you know, mm. knowing, you know, not only the area, but the country we live in, you know, that that had to do with some sort of, mm. you know, separation. So at that time, it was about, like, discriminating people based on their, you said, European flavor. Right. Well, I mean, and if you looked at at Irish and, and Italian immigrants in the in the 20s and 30s, which were just, you know, on the tail end of the Depression yeah. um, and, you know, leading into it, that was that was the, the quote, public enemy number one mm -hmm. of, of, you know, uh, folks that felt they had the right to, you know, yeah. turn around and slap people that were on their way in, you know, and mm. so... I mean, if you look at my, my, uh, let me see, my mother's father, um, his name was O'Grady. They, they just chopped the O off because it was easier to get a O'Grady? Yeah. And mm. so, you know, it's just what it is. Generationally, uh, you know, folks tend to turn around and go, well, now we're here, so you, now you stay out. Mm. And so. But you, you were here for the shift when Latinos started coming. Yes, around. sir. And yes, sir. And Marshall Lee's, I think... Were Latinos kind of first before a few years ahead of the Marshallese folks? It seemed it seemed pretty hand in hand to be honest. Okay, um, and it may have just been you know I knew a few Marshallese kids in junior high, 
um, that I seem to have a few classes with and you know hell I mean if I'm being honest it may have just been because it was it was a more noticeable difference mm-hmm. you know just visually okay if I'm being real with you yeah <laughs> and now nowadays you know specifically on our side of town over here in in uh, the east side uh, I live in the east side of town by the way we're, we're becoming the majority you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, Latinx folks, a lot of uh, Marshallese folks, and it's crazy because in the next few years, it's going to be inevitable that the voting power is going to going to be even more powerful towards you know the folks of of these minority communities. Yes, sir. And uh, sure enough, like this whole gerrymandering thing, you know, that's happening. I think people are noticing that, yeah. and it's becoming a uh, a bigger problem. Um, anything else that you could recall that you see, you know, might be something that has changed for the good oh absolutely that? so you know in the in the 90s um you know it was it, it was a very you know a lot of us that were here that, that saw this and and you know it was a very rough start to you know kind of get old springdale to understand look this you know this change is here you can't stop it mm. you know let's let's embrace and you know um you know as a school kid it's easy to turn around and and you know make others out of anybody just that so you're not the one getting your your keister kicked particularly before yeah. anti-bullying initiatives and everything um mm. i moved out of this town because it was you know boring and bigoted and you know small-minded and i found myself wanting to move back here when the very elementary school you know i went to was 70 80 percent esl mm. my brother was teaching there um great staff doing great things and you know this is where I want my family to grow up and so I'm east side and I'm not moving I'm I'm living you know I'm staying in my house I love it there's no reason I would ever leave and so best part of the state in my opinion I mean the the exact communities you're talking about um are what makes Springdale great if you Mm. ask me yeah the fact that you know we house you know more people of color than almost any county mm-hmm. in the United States, in the, sorry, in, in Arkansas. I mean, you know, out, outside of Pulaski, I'm assuming, but, yeah. you know, and just... And, and why is it important to you? Because I know you work with a lot of, you know, on the side, besides, you know, these, these business mm-hmm. um, ventures or opportunities that you may have with big companies for Ozark Film and Video, but mm-hmm. you work with a lot of community people too. Why do, why do you think that's important? Why do you feel it's important for you to kind of, you know, uh, help people that need those resources and when and when was the moment when you were like i really need to do more and and help out these communities when i found myself actually here enough to do something and um you know just happened to be 2020 um i was frustrated with the national political scene a lot of fighting a lot of division a lot of crazy um politics and you know when you're when you're sitting in your hometown you start to ask yourself what could I possibly do to turn the needle in the right direction yeah or at least what I believe is the right direction and it is to dig in and find out who your local you know your local politicians and and, yeah. and God, judges I mean you know how important is that all these different <laughs> positions yeah right? um, and so I I went <clears throat> specifically to work with candidates that I knew would either be um, demonized by uh, some of our old older 
not not older in age, but you know some of the sort of the old guard in town, yeah. people that, you know, I mean, well, they call it the the old boys club or something like that. Yeah, the good old boy system. Good good old boy. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, people that I knew would be, be kicked around and and maybe not, heard, and I wanted to to try to elevate people's platform, and so, um, yeah. you know, I, I, started hitting up Derek and Myra and mm. and Kevin and mm. you know just people that I thought would be good candidates and yeah. you know just trying to give folks a platform and that goes such a long way you know because having access to folks that can help out with video video is so important mm-hmm. and if done correctly so effective not only in campaigns but just in in messaging in general for organizations for movements and stuff so Super grateful, you know, that you're able to, to help out with this and assist folks and guide folks, advise them on how to properly, you know, uh, get something filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really appreciate you doing that. Um, but, but besides, like, that community work that you do, um, you also do some stuff with film. Can you talk a little bit about that? As far as the passion work and stuff that I do? like yeah. the, Okay, so, yeah, I like to do... Um, I like to make films about... Uh, racial equity issues um i've been making some films with day vision um with michael day who is a uh, fantastic black filmmaker um he focuses on issues that i think have a lot of nuance and the first script he handed me i I read it and just thought i absolutely have to work on this it's it it's deeper than most conversations that you see on television or in Mm. movies these days but I think people are ready to hear it yeah and um, we've got didn't they win win some awards I think I saw something about yeah we're in the festival um, we're in the festival circuit we won um, a couple of awards in the Rogers Film Festival Mm. and then golly I'll tell you Mike has posted that picture and there are those little those little leaves. I saw you share it. You know, yeah, I, I lose count. And, and some of that's just being in festivals, and then we win a few, you know, a few mm. mentions. I'm going to enter the, enter for a telly, which is, is sort of the commercial awards that I put in for, but also has some social justice and, okay, um, you know, some other other uh, categories that you can sign up for. So you say that's that's more of a passion thing. It's not like a like a money mo- thing. It's so more at of the a- moment, yeah, it's it's not certainly not paying the bills. It's yeah. you know, I think when you do the kind of work I do professionally, you know, a lot of times people they want to make movies. You know, all right, I'm doing what it takes to pay the bills. I'm making Amazon image wheel, Im- you mm. know, image wheels for toys and things like that to make money. Uh, but I want to use the camera to make movies, and some people do sci-fi, some people do, um, you know, karate movies and stuff like that. And, and for me, social justice just is what I want to work on. And it's you know, be it, be it racial issues, be it immigration issues, be it LGBTQ issues, anything like that. You know, is that your um, like not goal, but is that in regards to like passion projects? Is that kind of the focus that you want to do in regards to like? doing helping with film and video is working on those kind of things absolutely yeah i mean if i you know if there were ways to you know i'm certainly going to to 
to try. But if there were ways to get that stuff funded easily yeah. enough to pay, you know, I have a small building and four employees. It's not doesn't take yeah. that much it's a nice month building, to though. keep. Oh yeah, no, I enjoy. <laughs> believe me, I'm not. I'm not complaining. But it's 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 a modest facility compared to what yeah. you know we Other used to have. have. And I, I moved into there very strategically, you know, first of all, to be downtown, to be more connected to the community. And I feel like that's been a thing, you know, that people feel like they can stop in and see us and give me a call and, you know, come take a look. But um, also, if I'm not having to pay huge bills to, to keep, you know, four furnaces going, yeah. seven air conditioners, you know, all this ridiculous stuff, then, you know maybe one day we could fund the entire company off stuff mm. like that you know okay. we're not our goal i don't think there's in fact i know for a fact there's not a single person at my company whose goal is to be rich yeah know? we're just not those kind of folks i feel you on that you know this this podcast for me is a passion project sure you know there's people that that pay for ads for the online podcast mm-hmm. but none of that really gets used for, as income for me it's more like to give it back into the podcast whether it being right. like equipment um so i really don't use that money for that but i really enjoy this work you know, mm-hmm. i enjoy doing this i also enjoy you know taking photography uh taking pictures at at uh social justice events yeah. and i used to do that back in the day i haven't done that this this past year but back in the day i would go to these all social justice events take uh pictures and then send them to the organizers so that they can have you know oh, these awesome. images of of their event which because sometimes, you know, folks can't afford a photographer for community events, but it's important for them to have images to, to you know, push that movement forward. So that was kind of like one of the ways that I, I try to contribute and I want to continue that. Um, but I'm really grateful that you're able to, to kind of do it, you know, in such a professional way. Um, having access to that studio, having access to quality cameras and editing software, like, that's just so important. I don't know. I can't stress that enough. Right. Well, and I, you know, it, it it's just... To me, at this point, if I'm going to grab a camera and do something that doesn't necessarily have dollars and cents behind it right away, if I'm doing it just for either for fun or just to scratch my filmmaker itch, why not do something that actually has a purpose and that, yeah. that, that takes that, you know, and I'll say the word, you know, it takes the privilege and the, the access mm-hmm. and all of these things that I've had my whole life and and have been able to, to foster into my advantage and spread that around a little bit, you know. I do think that even though, you know, you might be doing this for uh, the good of helping people, I feel like you putting in all this work, it's, it's going to come back to you in, like, good karma business, you know. I feel like people are going to see that you're doing this work in the community and want to support you by, by referring you for, for uh, projects and for everything you can think of in regards to film and video. Um, so yeah, good karma exists, you know, all this that you're doing right now of helping people, it, it's, it's going to come back, you know, hopefully, you know, 2022 is a, a good year uh, sure. of business for you. Sure. Um, and you're down, you're in downtown, like you're able to kind of anybody that, that works downtown or, or hangs out downtown, like, you know, your business is on what street? I forgot we're what on street Meadow. Yeah. We're right, right off of Emma. So if you, if you, uh, you know where the big Arvest bank is? Yeah, on Emma. Yeah, so we're we're kind of behind that and over up to the half side. a block. Yeah, and you know we we don't we don't keep the front door open, but I have a number on the front on the front door. Give me a call and uh, see if uh, see if you want to stop in. Um, what about those uh, off topic but on topic? Yes, please. The DJ things that, that you're doing that I saw you post about on social media. Can you talk a little bit about that? Just a cool, just a cool like 
Sure, sure. So, passion thing, right? It's like a passion project. Yeah, so um, my wife and I both, she taught me how to DJ when we got together in 2003. Do you got a DJ name, though? Oh, Lord. No, I think I just, what was it? Oh, DJ Tommy Mack, I think, was okay. my most recent. <laughs> of yeah, course, McFederich Mack got it. If you look me up on social media, you can see why I'm not, you know, DJ explosive or whatever, <laughs> you know, I, I just don't look the part, you know, I'm, I'm 44 years old, I've got a gray beard. Um, Man, all the biggest DJs in the world are over 45 years old. Well, yeah, they all started when I was a kid. <laughs> That's true, but hey, age, age folks are still, you know, they're still 45, 50-year-olds. I think like David Guetta is like 50-something. Yeah. So, hey, age yeah, is no, not it's, it's true, and, and, and so we, we got back into it once our child grew up, you know, we... We've got a a 20-year-old. I should preface a lot of things with that. So, you know, we spent a lot of time with our kid, didn't want to be out in the clubs every other night, you know, spinning records. And so when she grew up, I thought, well, what a a great outlet to, Mm -hmm. you know, get started again. And so we we got some gear and started playing around. And we stumbled onto the Her Set, Her Sound folks. And, Mm -hmm. um... Robin Jordan, just a fantastic organizer, an incredible human, and, and it, you know, just, she has so many talents, I don't even know which ones to throw really at her. She's an artist, a dancer, a, a poet, you know, just an incredible person, and, and she's organized these things, and I like to give them a little uh, place to, to kind of get together that doesn't require an audience or a rental fee or anything like that, and it just That's has cool. to do with... When I see something I believe in, I like to at least offer to to help out when I can. Still waiting for the invite on the next one, by the way. So hit me up next time because I saw I think I saw like a live feed on Facebook, I believe. Uh oh. Was it Facebook? Or what did you? No, you put it on a story. Oh, you, you may be talking about. I don't know. You may be talking about my band. Cause I that a wasn't band. a band. It was a DJ. Oh, the DJ thing. Oh, yeah. Oh no, it wasn't your story. It was someone. It was like a girl I follow on on Instagram. Oh, no. See, they're getting me busted out. <laughs> These are they're they're not heavily public. Okay. But, okay. But, well, invite know. me to the next one. Yeah. I think you, it, I yeah. wanna. I think it looked pretty cool. The lighting's pretty cool inside the studio. Oh, I keep the music's it. banging. Like, it just sounds like a good time. Um, I keep it rocking at night. Where can people reach you in case they wanna uh, do business with Ozark Film and Video? Okay, so I've got a lot of different social media. Please look me up at Tom McFetridge. Um, and then our Instagram for Ozark Video is Ozark Film Video, all one word, at Ozark Film Video. And I'll be tagging the Instagram uh, whenever I promote this episode, so people will Sweet. be able to click on that. Cool. Yeah, and I mean, if you find us on Instagram or on Facebook, we're Ozark Film and Video Productions. Um, yeah. Come find us. I've got some recent work up there. We do a lot of, you know, real high-end work, and we love to be involved in community work, too. Sounds good. Well, Tom, thank you for your time. I appreciate you being here for episode 117 of the District 3 Podcast. Uh, That was Tom. Make sure you reach out to him if you have any kind of business inquiries for film. I think you all do photography as well, right? Yes, we do still photography, headshots, product shots, lifestyle anything so pretty much any anything that you can think of in regards to film uh photography reach out to tom uh he has a lot of good people working for him and he's in downtown springdale so why not support a downtown springdale business small business um you know of of someone that has uh, obviously a lot of roots here so thank you all for listening that was the end of episode 117 we'll catch you all next week